and welcome on into the final MLB Pipeline podcast of the year 2019. I am your host, Jordan Schusterman, joined by only one of the dynamic prospect duo, Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan, thank you for joining me, my friend. Of course, of course. We got we to gotta finish off 2019 in style. Absolutely. Uh, and Jim Callis is, uh, I guess he's, he's technically just t- taking the week off, but I understand that he also uh, gave you uh, a bit of an illness while we were all uh, together in San Diego last week. Yeah, I came home with the callous cold. He uh, was going around San Diego telling everybody, well, I don't want to shake hands with you because I don't want to get you sick. But guess whose hand he shook right when he first got there? Mine. So I was like, really, dude? Oh, so, man. Uh, you know, we're all in close quarters for a long time, and not to mention the airplane ride. So I, I, I can't, with all certainty, put the blame at his feet but I certainly would like to. Well, just considering how much he was talking about being sick, I think it's fair to assume that he had something to do with it. Uh, so we will blame Jim. We will completely throw him under the bus, but we will continue uh, on this podcast uh, without him uh, and finish the year strong, as as you said. Uh, so we're going to do, do a bit of a bit of a grab bag uh, of sorts here uh, to finish the year. Uh, if you we last left left off here on the podcast, uh, making our predictions about who was going to go in the Rule Five draft uh, the day before, and the Rule Five is now behind us. Eleven players selected in the Major League phase, and we just want to to give uh, some, one shout out to to the guy who I said I I, I called it. I, I said he was going to go number one. He ended up going number three, but Sterling Sharp uh, was selected by the Miami Marlins with. The, with the number three pick of the Rule 5 draft, and uh, hopefully he'll stick with Miami. And, and this is a guy that you, you I guess we both got to see uh, down in, in Arizona in the fall league. He was he was showcased against some of the, the better prospects uh, in, in baseball, and, and uh, cool to see Sterling uh, maybe get a big league opportunity. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't, if he doesn't stick, um, you know, unless he's just really bad in spring training or, you know, there's some weird numbers game. I think one of the things that makes him stand out, you know, it's, it's rare when a guy gets taken in the Rule 5 draft and you think, oh, he's a starter. Um, now, it sounds like the Marlins are going to begin with him in the bullpen, but and this is a guy that when he was healthy was one of the most efficient minor league pitchers in baseball just because of the ground ball rate. Um, you know, he, he gets outs early in counts. He can pitch deep into games. He prides himself on that. He's got um, – stuff to be able to to pitch in a in a starting role so you know maybe he starts in the bullpen moves into the rotation sort of like brad keller did with the royals a couple years ago uh and that then that worked out well for the the royals obviously you know i i also could see him being the kind of guy who comes in out of the bullpen with runners on and and gets a double play ball um so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there but i think there's plenty of opportunity there for him um, to to find a, a, a role, uh, you know, it's a it's a good fit in terms of uh, a team that's rebuilding that needs pitching, um, fairly good park to pitch in. Yeah, I think it could be a really really good. Uh, a, good match for the between the Marlins and, and Sharp. Yeah, I agree. And and I guess we'll see what happens with the the baseball and the home run rate in, in 2020. Uh, but Sterling's the kind of pitcher that is going to keep the ball on the ground uh, no matter what kind of baseball uh, they are using. So uh, looking forward to see how he does uh, with Miami. Now, uh, Jonathan, you you handed me this segue uh, before we start recording because I, I I can't take credit for it. But uh, as we transition to the next next piece of news, we we have a Rule 5 link here as a one, one of the, I guess, 
I know he hasn't been a great pick, but one of the better Rule 5 picks in recent memory, Delano DeShields Jr., has been traded. Now, he was not the biggest name traded in in this deal, of course, but he's been traded from Texas to the Cleveland Indians in exchange for a two-time Cy Young Award winner, Corey Kluber. Now, I think there was a lot of uh, rumors around Corey Kluber uh, being moved possibly this winter, and uh, you know, this is something that as prospect enthusiasts, we were keeping an eye on where that where that could be. Could he be shipped for, for a package of prospects? And it turned out that he was traded for really one prospect, and I don't even know if we can really call Emmanuel Classe a prospect. Was he on the, the Rangers top 30? I know he made his major league debut and he throws really hard, but but let's talk about Classe here for a second. He kind of came out of nowhere, uh, already been traded once. He was came over from the Padres. Do you remember who he was traded for? By the way, this is good trade. If you, if you haven't looked, there's no way you're going to remember this. Um, wait, I'm trying to remember. I mean, don't, don't feel bad. Seriously, to try to get there. <laughs> Um, I believe it was Brett Nichols. Oh, okay. I'm sure you really pulled that out of your brain there. <laughs> yes, I, I, well, no, I'm such a huge Brett Nichols fan. <laughs> I no, I would not have remembered that at all. And, you know, and, you know, as we've talked, Jordan, a lot, you know, on this podcast, we split up the teams. So I, I've, I, I don't know the, the Rangers system or the Padres system. I haven't done either one of them in quite some time and class a was not a guy who you know the padres are so deep now like i i think he was at the tail end of the of the rangers list i don't know uh had a pretty good pro debut though um so you know arm strength he's young why not um you know for for a guy in Corey kluber who obviously lost his way but isn't that far removed from being one of the better starting pitchers. Yeah, and it seems like he was, you know, declining a little bit maybe before uh, this year. It seemed it was mostly injury related. Um, but it's still, I think the general, you know, baseball Twitter reaction was, wow, that's a pretty light return. And sure, Class A is a dude throwing, you know, 102 mile an hour cutters, which certainly looks good in in gift form. Uh, and he has been an effective pitcher with his with his newfound velocity, but definitely a, a bit of a, a bit of a light return, uh, I would say there. But uh and you know, and and as much as we were sort of joking about Delano De Shields, um, you know, I think what happened—he was a Rule Five pick in 2014, and then he actually got Rookie of the Year votes. And he played pretty much every day for Texas in 2015, and it, and was a semi-regular. Like I, I actually didn't realize he had over 400 plate appearances uh, this past year. Now, uh, it's probably too much. He's probably better off as a as a fifth outfielder who maybe doesn't play quite you know, you know, quite as much, but, um, he still can run. He still bases last year. Like there, there's some value there and he's entering into his, uh, age 27 season. I don't know if that has the same cachet that it once did, but yeah, I feel like now we've adjusted. Now it's like your age 24 season or 25 yeah. season. Yeah, so you're probably right. Baseball skewed younger, which is, which is a great thing, I think. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Delano Shields, former, former top 10 overall pick, of course, son, son of a big leaguer, uh, his dad had a 13 year big league career. Um, but yeah, D- Delano's been, uh, I, I am also amazed going back and seeing how much he has played with Texas over the last five years. Uh, but he's still one of the fastest players in baseball. He's still an elite defensive outfielder, but truly one of the worst hitters in baseball. I, there's, there's no way around it. He, he has been a below average uh, uh, hitter uh, at the major league level, which I guess is not that surprising uh, considering uh, what, what he was in the minor leagues. But but maybe, maybe hey, age 27 season, like you said, may, maybe there's some more untapped potential here that Cleveland can find. Yeah, I, you know, Cleveland, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what they're doing exactly, but you know, if they, if they pick their spots with him, move him around, 
Um, he could spell all three outfielders if, if need be. Um, he hasn't played any right field, but I'm sure he could handle it. Um, he's played a lot of left and a lot of center, as you, as you said. So, you know, um, it, you know, it, it is, it is, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think he was taken eighth overall, um, by the Astros back in, in 2010. And that surprised a lot of people. Uh, no one had him ranked that high. So, oh, I was going to say, cause if you go back and look at that 2010 draft, like, I mean, he's, you know, there have been some worse flameouts than, than Delano Shields, who's had a five-year, you know, big league career, but always, but, uh, but certainly always, I mean, Christian Cologne went ahead of, you know, went ahead of him. Um, Michael Choice uh, went right, right behind him. Oh, and Karsten Whitson. There's a good name. Yeah. Deck McGuire. Oof. Yeah, Carson Whitson is like Barrett, Barrett Lauchs, who ended up like, I think he didn't, was that the second time he got picked? That's that's a good one because I think that was the first time. That was the first time he got picked, and then he got picked, or maybe the third. I don't know. He got picked a bunch of times. <laughs> right? No, it was twenty oh seven. But I feel like he failed his physical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in twenty ten, and then um, you know, and then so the diamond to the diamond. Uh, yes, the Diamondbacks got a comp pick for not signing him because of that. And you know who that comp pick was? That was Trevor Bauer. Nope. Other oh, who, who, wait, who, the other. That was really good. They took Trevor Bauer number three overall, but this was with the number So seven. is Archie. Yeah, um, Archie. They got Archie Bradley yeah. as a result. There you go. Barrett um, Lauchs. I'm glad Barrett Lauchs came up on this podcast. Right. And we've somehow managed to go from <laughs> Corey Kluber to spending way too much time talking about Delano DeShields Jr. Uh, um, hey, wait. Barrett Lauchs, who, who last could be seen playing for Sugarland. <laughs> There you go. All right, the Skeeters. You gotta love that. Hey, I, I gotta hit you with, I gotta hit you with one more Delano DeShields fun fact. Since 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 because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone's talking about Clue. Everyone's talking about Classe. Okay, this is this is where we're giving him his due here. We we already have talked about, but I promise we will move on after this. But it is relevant because some other news just broke. You ready? He has since he's debuted, is the second most sacrificed bunts in baseball. Ahead of every, like ahead of pitchers, ahead of everybody except for Julio Tehran. Julio Tehran is the only person who has had more sacrifice bunts than Delano Shields since he debuted. And Julio Tehran just signed with the Angels. Oh, Julio, so there you go. When, and, and where he won't get to use his excellent. Oh, play. that's true. That's devastating. Right, so maybe except an except an interleague. So play. that means that I mean, what a that waste. means that maybe the Shields can catch up. Uh, to to Tehran, I I closed my 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 play index. I don't know how many behind he is, but <laughs> I can tell you that I'm sure everyone will be tracking in career sacrifice. Yes, buttons. everyone will be. It says something when you're when you're a big league regular position player and you lead the world in sacrifice once, and it's not 1976. I know, I know. But he also he also I mean obviously he's still got the speed. He he's the the fewest uh, grounded to double plays right. also in the last five years. So <laughs> so there you go. All right. We're, from now on, in, on our only in our podcast was this the Shields trade. All right, enough enough to line out of Shields Junior. Uh, let's move on uh, to to now. Now, actually, uh, here another segue. He's just the, the segue to another segue. He was the son of a big leaguer. His dad was also a first round pick. He was a first round pick. And in your article, ten fun facts about the top one hundred uh, to twenty twenty draft prospects. You have here. You like this? You like this? Pretty good, right? Uh, you have uh, yet another Very note good. about uh, some some sons of big leaguers uh, in in uh, in in this in this draft. Now, 
I mean, this is a thing every year, it feels like at this point, but uh, you, you have a fun one in here about, uh, is this pronounced Milan? Milan Tolentino? Milan, Milan Tolentino. Uh, so that was one of the many great fun facts. I recommend you, you go check out this article by Jonathan. But, but do you have any, 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 of, these, uh, any of these fun facts that you, you liked, you found? You were doing some research into our, our top 2020 draft prospects? Yeah, and, it, and it's funny because I'll say, like, first when we decided to, to do this, I'm like, eh, you know, it didn't excite me. But once I started, like, writing them up and finding, like, some good background information, so even, like, the I didn't, didn't want to just do, a, like, a son of a big leaguer uh one because the the list is you know it's fine you know everyone remembers steve soderstrom i'm sure i know i do um, i obviously remember is, him is, right is really good but um you know typically the 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 whole son of the big leaguer thing these days just makes me feel old because i'm getting to the point where i covered the dads playing baseball and now their kids are but milan tolentino's dad jose played with Roger Clemens and, and Cal Schiraldi at the University of Texas. Uh, and then he played, you know, pro ball for 15 years. He's a broadcaster for the Angels. He does the uh, Spanish language radio for the Angels now. So, uh, and now Milan is, uh, is a pretty good shortstop prospect. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Angels pick 10th. I don't know that Milan Tolentino is a number 10 overall pick, but then they don't pick again until the third round. So, um, That was a pretty good one. I think, the other one, you know, that uh, you and I sort of talked about before we started recording was the the two way player thing, which is you know it is it is range. very trendy. Uh, um, but uh, you know, I don't know if any of these guys are you know Shohei Otani or Brendan McKay, but there are a few guys who do both. I, I think Cade Horton is probably the most interesting. Um, he's, you know, three of the four guys I mentioned are, are high schoolers, uh, you know, where it's not rare. It, it's funny because I feel like not that long ago, you know, usually like the best players often always pitched, but it was clear that they were going to be a position player at the next level or vice versa. Um, you know, and, and that still happens on occasion where like, I remember watching, um, Hans Kraus of the Rangers. Have you ever talked to him? No, I, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard good uh, things about Mr. Krauss. Oh, you have, he's, he has got to be very high on your yes. like, all personality list of guys to talk to. But anyway, he hit in high school, but if you saw him swing the bat, you'd be like, Oh, that's a pitcher, right? Like you knew he was going to pitch and he would joke about it. But some of these guys like, and and these days, I don't think teams are necessarily throwing out, one side of the ball um like the red sox years ago like casey kelly do both you know he focused on hitting for a little bit and then they put him on the mound and then they kind of let him realize that he needed to pitch um kate horton is in oklahoma uh scouts like him more as a pitcher but he's a pretty good shortstop he's also a really good football player um if he wanted to head to oklahoma for college He's going to play two sports. He's a preferred walk-on. He threw for over 4,200 yards and 41 touchdowns. Uh, now, that's in a vacuum. Like, I have no idea what high school football in Oklahoma is, but those are pretty good numbers. Um, uh, so he is extremely athletic. Um, you know, it was interesting to me that two of the guys, him and, and he and Mason Wynn, are both shortstops. Um 
and that's a kind of an odd combination. Uh, you know, Brendan McKay was a first baseman pitcher. I think you're more likely to have that as a guy who continues to do both as opposed to uh, these guys who try to play the middle infield. Right. I mean, just a few years ago, you know, we had Hunter Green, who's, of course, on the covers where it's illustrated. He, I think he was mostly playing shortstop in high school, uh, if I recall. And then, of course, he he moves to uh, becoming a pitcher full time. Um, but yeah, the, Kate Horton, I mean, right. He's I guess we're it's not only is he going to be a pitcher or hitter, is he going to play baseball or football? I mean, we, that is going to right. be uh, certainly uh, on our mind again. Uh, the other uh, one that I, I just uh, – I, I always love the, uh, the the Little League uh, connections. Ed Howard, uh, who was in the League World Series back in 2014, he's one of the top high school uh, guys available. Uh, and, uh, and a nice little uh, Spencer Torkelson is better than Barry Bonds, which is pretty bold claim there, Jonathan. I don't know why you would really go on the limb saying that, but uh, that's what I'm reading here is that he's – you wrote the- very yeah, like I, now I'm envisioning people doing like a spit take with their coffee <laughs> as they're listening to our podcast. <laughs> he said, what? Um, no, he broke. Uh, not only did he break Barry Bonds's freshman home run record at Arizona State, he did it like in 25 games. Now, Bonds hit 11 homers his freshman year. Now, Barry Bonds his freshman year of college at Arizona State. Probably weighed about 165. Yeah, he looks a little bit different. Um, but Torkelson's, you know, obviously uh, uh, is already more physically mature. But he hit home number 12 in late March. He ended up setting the Pac-12 record for freshmen and homers. Uh, and then he followed up with hitting 23 more. This is the reason why he's number two on our list. Um, so he's already passed Barry Bonds' career home run mark, um, to be fair to, to Mr. Bonds. Uh, he wasn't just a a power hitter back in his days with the Sun Devils. Neither is Spencer Torkelson. He can really, really hit. Um, you know, sort of draft fans, uh, I think the comparisons that people make to Andrew Vaughn, who was the number three overall pick in last year's draft, are, are pretty good. The best sort of, and I don't like comps. I don't know if you've ever heard me say that. But um, I feel like I say it all the time when I'm at MLB Network. But the one that I heard that I kind of like the best for Spencer Torkelson is Paul Canerco. Paul Canerco. Now, there, there, unfortunately, there are some people out there being like, whoa, how Paul, Paul Canerco was like, Paul Canerco was amazing. Paul Canerco is very much in the hall of a very great, I would say. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's one of those things that, oh, I, I'm like, let me go look, look him up again, you know? And I'm like, um, the dude had 2,300 Over 400 hits, homers, right? And. 100 homers and drove in over 1400 runs he was really freaking good you know it's uh yeah i think he's probably just mm-hmm. shy of hall of fame but if he made it in years from now on one of those veteran type outs i don't think i would look at it and be right like, right right, right. no he's, he's definitely i don't say that about any of the hall yeah. of fame stuff because why but uh but yeah well, let me see one two three four five six uh six 100 RBI seasons. Um, and you know, once he got traded to the White Sox, uh, he was there for almost the entire He was of his pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah. So, so, so don't, yeah. although I guess now it's a little confusing because, you know, Andrew Vaughn is now the future first baseman of the White Sox, uh, not Spencer Trogelton, but. Right. So yes, right, yes, that yes. Andrew although Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn is, I guess, a little bit shorter uh, than, than Trogelton. Yeah. yeah, but right hand, yeah, right handed only first baseman. Although, I mean, Canerco, uh, I, I think he started as a long catcher. ago, long, long, long ago. Um, 
long, long ago, and then played some third base. This is in the minors, but was the first yeah. baseman. Yeah, I actually game. do. I, I am really curious about I love the, the Torkelson-Vaughn comparisons, um, and I'm really curious about uh, – about Torkelson next year because Vaughn, you know, he had the giant sophomore year, 23 homers, same as Torkelson. And and Torkelson had a bigger freshman year than Vaughn did. Um, but then in his draft year this year, Vaughn, you know, down to 15 homers, he was getting walked so much uh, that it was hard for him to necessarily have the power play. Yeah, yeah. If you dig, if you dig into Vaughn's numbers a little bit, the you know, for his junior right. year, there really wasn't that much difference between the years. Um I think mm-hmm. Torkelson's got a little more protection. Arizona's really good. Like Gage Workman. Might That's a really good point. Yeah. Right Vaughn behind. was so much better than everyone else. On and, team. Uh, yeah. So, so I think that will help. Mm-hmm. Now I'd still probably take my chances with anybody else, but I think Torkelson may get pitched to a little bit more than, uh, than Vaughn. Yeah. In his no, but that is a, uh, that is a, a very, very cool comparison. And like if it works out and maybe he gets, I don't know who he gets, maybe he gets picked by the Royals or something like these two guys could still be linked, you know, five, 10 years from now, uh, even if they were, uh, you know, one draft class apart because they are so similar. I love, I love like somehow if he gets drafted by like a National League team, then right. like, can't compare them anymore. Right. Well. Yeah, no, no, we need division. to we need to have them playing, you know, nineteen times a year, and and you know, going. What, what if he gets drafted? What what if he somehow gets drafted by the Cubs? No, this is not going to happen, obviously. And they're both in Chicago. If the Cubs, yes, that would be enough. If the Cubs, you know, they're like they're trying to trade Bryant, they're trying to trade Contreras, Schwarber, they trade Rizzo, they just blow it all up. They bring in Torkelson, and then you have Torkelson. Yeah, no, that's then then we can compare them. That's it. That, right? There's no way. There's no way he. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good. I'm not sure what would have to happen to what would have to happen to, to Torque. Right. right. Major League Baseball would have to change the rules. And allow the trading of traffic. Ooh, yeah. To be oh, yeah. June. That's not going no, to happen. No, no. But you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping since, uh, and I know we talked about this last week, but since the draft is in Ooh. Omaha and Arizona got a really good team, Spencer Torkelson will be at the draft. I know, and we know that Jim is going to be hoping that uh, that Georgia will be in, in in Omaha as well. Oh, he'll be he'll be. Crushed. I know he's. I'm sure he's already like completely banking on it, and like is preparing his you know Georgia wardrobe for the for the draft broadcast and everything. I mean, he's gonna wear an all red. A red oh man, suit. oh man, I can I can see it now. I mean, it, it's some of the top guys. I mean, I, we, I guess we talked about this on last show. Like, who are the the, the top draft guys that are hopefully going to be in Omaha? I mean, pretty good pretty good chance. You know, we got Austin Martin and Vandy. You know, we feel feel pretty good about that. Maybe UCLA makes a run with Garrett Mitchell. I mean, we, we could really have a bunch of those guys there, which would be uh, which would be pretty cool. I mean, I guess that's the whole point, right? That is the whole point. You know, added into the high schoolers who were getting on a plane anyway. So hopefully, they'll come and then they can come and check out the College World Series for a couple right, of days maybe. because they probably won't be going there. <laughs> so. <laughs> So good it's good, chance go. good chance to go. Uh, all right, John. Before we get out of here, uh, obviously this is this is our final podcast uh, of 2019, and you you had a very nice uh, uh, suggestion uh, uh, how we we finish this podcast, which is one prospect wish uh, for the 2020 season as we head uh, into a a new decade, a new decade. Oh my goodness, a new decade. Um, I, I, I by the way, this is total tangent. Do you think these will be called the 20s? Like, can we call it the twenties now, or are we still referring to the twenties as the nineteen twenties? You know, and then and then if that's the case, 
can it be the Roaring Twenties? Mm, or do we have, we have to come up with a different descriptor? I think. Right, which is fine. It's not like that's not even alliteration. Um, <laughs> well, also, were they calling them the Roaring Twenties during the Roaring Twenties? Like, at what point were they like, "Oh, these are the Roaring Twenties"? Right, like things are really roaring right now. <laughs> I feel, I feel uh, disappointed in myself as the son of a history professor to not know that off the top of my head. That's okay. That's okay. We will have to. We we will have to come up with. Uh, we'll have to come up with a name for the new decade. I think the 20s well yeah we'll, we'll we'll on our first podcast of 2020 we'll, we'll maybe come prepared with our answers but okay let's let's actually do our, our exercise here uh our our one prospect which i mean this is a pretty this is a pretty big thing this could be something really specific this could be like oh i hope like leody Tavares like stops striking out so much or like you'd be like i hope nick madrigal like puts on 50 pounds of muscle and starts hitting home runs like i don't know how specific you want to get i don't know how broad you want to get but do you have one in mind? Or? I, I think this is I think this is an open-ended, it's sort of like one of those college essay questions mm. that's like so open-ended that you get stuck. Exactly. I know. I forget it. I'm going to write whatever I want. <laughs> I do have one in mind. Okay. Um, and then it's, it's unlikely to happen uh, given the makeup of the big league outfield. Mm-hmm. But for 2020 – is to see for an extended period of time in Los Angeles, Anaheim, whatever you Orange want to call County. it. Orange County, as they like to say. Of Mike Trout flanked by Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh. Mm, that's a great one. That is a really, really good one. That's my wish. Now, I think, you, I think you're going to see a good amount of Joe Adele in the big leagues. And then Brandon Marsh, I don't think there's much more that he needs to do. It may just be a question of, for both of them, need. Uh, you know, they've got Justin Upton... Uh, and Brian Goodwin actually was productive last year, much to my surprise. Um, and then they've got that guy in center field um, whose name I never can remember. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Trout flank. I think you're trying guys. to think of Michael Hermosillo. Is that who you're uh, trying to trying to remember? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Starting <laughs> Angel center fielder, Mike Hermosillo. Okay. Yeah. Did you know that the Angels used to have a minor leaguer named Mike Fish? I'm not making this up. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know if he's still playing. I'm actually going to confirm that right now. Mike Fish, oh, released. Damn. He was released after 2015. But that- Well, well, you know, I know, like, some people like to do that. When they- <laughs> That's true. That's true. They, they, they just let him go. It's crazy. It's good to he hasn't played since. He hasn't played since 2016. But he was in the, he was in the Frontier League in 2016. Oh, there you go. But see, that was my hope for the Angels outfield several years ago is to have Mike Fish and Mike Trout in the same outfield. Um, but since oh, also a great thing about Mike Fish is that he's older than Mike Trout. <laughs> so so Mike Fish came before Mike Trout. Anyway, okay, that's a great that's a great wish. And I, I do think that there's a good chance I mean, we're wishing for an extended period of time, which is why it's a little ambitious. Um, but I think we could see it for one game in September. That's not crazy. Sure. No. I don't think it was crazy. I tried to base it in okay, some okay. And so we have Adele in left and, and Marsh in right. Does that seem like? Uh... I think that's probably what they would do. Yes. Okay. Although it really could, you could arguably do it in any. You could do in it any... in 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 any order. Yes. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good a good problem to have. Uh, now I imagine uh, Justin Upton and his twenty million dollars will probably twenty one million dollars. Uh, might have something to say about it, uh, but I still like 
the uh, I, I like I like it. I like it. I, I you are a big Brandon Marsh guy. I gotta say, yeah, you are. I would say you are not not quite Jim and Mackenzie Gore, but I would say that that Brandon Marsh is definitely well. So one one of the things that happens to me is that it, a lot of it is like like getting to know the yeah, guy. Totally. Like my, my prospect crushes very rarely have anything little to do with talent. <laughs> it's not that they are talented, right. but you get to know a guy, and he is unbelievable. Uh, I did that you know the podcast interview with him mm-hmm. in the fall league, and we could have talked for. Two yeah, hours, he's, he know? seems like a, a great uh, dude. Yeah, he was great. And watching he and Adele interact with each other was, was highly entertaining. And, uh, I mean, it's the same thing with me with Taylor Trammell. Um, you know, his it's really his personality and, like, how much of a joy it was to talk to him. And to go back a little bit further, and you'll appreciate this, and maybe this segues into your wish, but probably the biggest sort of prospect crush I've ever had in that regard was Malik oh, Smith. Oh, Malik's is the best. Who, who I knew almost nothing about. And then I think it was Rookie Career Development Program. And we did uh, uh, and, you know, our interview with him. And you and I will be down there in, in, in January for this, the 2020 Rookie Program. And I interviewed him. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy was unbelievable. And every time I saw him, like, after that, it was like a conversation unlike any other I've ever had with a professional athlete. I mean, he just was unbelievable. So I was very happy to see him sort of his last couple of years, stay healthy, kind of establish himself. I'm not sure what direction he's headed in. He's in a very Uh, weird spot right now in the organization. Yeah. The offensive numbers went in a weird direction, although he led the league in stolen bases, but in terms of my, uh, prospect crushness. It was, you know, I, I, I grade the personalities as, as, as well. And that's, so as much as I w- was impressed with Brandon Marsh, I'd never seen him play. Um, he can really hit, he can really defend and really talk. Yeah. And that's to be the, the yeah, no, I agree. That is a, that is a very good one. Uh, so I, I can't, I can't bet against any, yeah, Malix is, Malix is incredible. And I, I hope that he is, uh, is, 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 he's probably still in the plans, you know, still got a few years of control there. Uh, but there are some other Mariners outfielders on the way. And as a Mariners fan, I am obviously very excited about Mr. Kalanick, uh, and Mr. Julio Rodriguez, but I will not say that my wish is for Julio Rodriguez to make the major leagues in 2019. I'm saying, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that is not my wish. That is not going to be my, I mean, it is my wish, but I'm I'm telling you very clearly that, that Julio Rodriguez making the major leagues as a 19 year old is, is not, I'm I'm not talking about that. Okay. But it is going to happen. But if I'm not picking something Mariner related, (laughs) I will say uh, that this is kind of a a big one, but I hope uh, that, uh, the the AAA baseball is normal again, on, weirdly more than the real baseball, uh, because oh how noble of you! Because, uh, just 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 because I, I it's like I can't even I can't even look. I, it's like the, they they mean nothing, and I feel bad for the pitchers. I genuinely feel bad for the pitchers uh, who are having to deal with it in in both leagues now. It's not just the PCL, um, but that I would just be nice uh, to 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 know. Uh, that the AAA is a real level that we can take seriously again, but who knows? Uh, and and Julio Rodriguez making the big leagues as a nineteen year old. That's my that's my other real wish. That I would say that you you put those <laughs> restrictions on yourself, and uh, but that was like such a like greater good kind of <laughs> wish. And suddenly we like 
morphed into the pipeline mm. podcast version of like it's a wonderful <laughs> life oh man oh I, i'm trying to think oh oh actually wait i have another one that's very more personal uh, uh, one more all right jim Cowles, no, I know. Go ahead. it's 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 brent honeywell graduating from being a prospect oh from your mouth i know to i know and because for his sake for everybody's sake uh 2017 futures game mvp um is still a prospect uh because he has not pitched for two years so i hope that brent can get healthy and can somehow get to the big leagues and throw 50 innings seems very unlikely far more likely than your wish and honestly right. more unlikely than julio rodriguez making the majors uh but i will still uh wish that for him probably no i think it's something to root for i remember when alex reyes oh. graduated off yes the Cardinals list. The yes 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 exactly and then he got hurt he got hurt like right. a week after. Uh, but if Brent can get healthy, he is a, a damn good pitcher, and I would love to see that. All right, Jonathan, this has been right. uh, a whole bunch of fun. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, happy Hanukkah to you. I can I can say that quite confidently. Um, you as well. And, uh, and, uh, and, and happy holidays to all of our listeners. Uh, we will see you in 2020. We will figure out what, uh, what descriptor we will put on them because they can't be the roaring 20s like they used to be. Uh, but Jonathan, thank you for doing this, and uh, I'll talk to you next year, I guess. Sounds good, sir. All right. Uh, this has been Jordan Schusterman, your host, and Jonathan Mayo, the MLB Pipeline Podcast. We will talk to you guys in 2020.